This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. They were teasing this movie in a way that made it seem like a heist. Providing insight. His dance is just excellent. So graceful. Commentary. He shot it all on a green screen. You can't do a pickup. And conjecture. He has found himself in a world turned upside down. Hi, Brad. How are you, man? I'm good. I'm doing really good today. I'm feeling good. I can tell you've got a little a little pep in your step. I do. I'm, you know, riding the you know little white wave in my soul here. Feels little, good. The white Russian wave. No, no, nothing, uh, nothing that untoward. Just, uh, just feeling good. What's the occasion? Well, I've been... Um, You're getting texts from people, you know? Yeah, texts are coming in, but it's my phone is way over there. I can't even see exactly what's happening, but uh, it looks like we might be getting more activity on our, our, our Tumblr. Yeah. The- which which you listeners can discover by going to gutterballs.tv and clicking on Tumblr. There is a, our Tumblr. There's a link to it. Follow us on Tumblr. It's just one of the many ways to follow us. I don't know if I follow us on Tumblr. Well, get on board. I should probably do that. I think I have a Tumblr account. We, by far, have the most engagement on Tumblr, for whatever reason. It's so strange. Yeah. The few times I, I've only been on Tumblr to look at our Tumblr page, I do that from time to time, not too often, maybe once every t- two weeks or so. And it seems like I'll click through some of the users who like reblog us or like a post or something. And it seems like it's 40 to 72% porn on Tumblr. Is that a fair assessment? Um, there is. Yeah. Or at I least mean, there is at a least lot nudity. of explicit content there. Maybe not porn, but at least nudity. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have. Well, I mean, Tumblr is a place where you don't necessarily it's kind of like the old school internet in a way right where you can go there and just be free <laughs> right right no one knows who you are on the internet so you're free to do whatever you want right without having to worry about like your boss finding out at least hopefully right that's your hope so yeah there is a lot of uh loose um not sure what the term is there but yeah just just some kind of like let it all hang out there type attitude on tumblr yeah which is one of the things i like about it yeah although you do use your first name well i use my whole name on tumblr i'm not really anonymous on there but what i like about tumblr i guess is the community around it or just you know the the content that i find there it definitely reminds me of the old school internet from the late 90s uh that i really really liked like like when i was in college like college age internet you Which like, was gifts, lots of gifts, <laughs> lots, of, lots gifts. of um, you know, people just trying to stretch the the boundaries, which I like. I, I appreciate that. Sure, sure. I I know yeah. that you do. I spend more time Tumblr. I spend more time there than anywhere. It's got a little bit of longevity for you. Yeah. Oh yeah. I've been on. I'm a hardcore like the Tumblr app. That's just my default thing on the phone. Like, I know I'm not launching Twitter and just Tumblr. Check out Tumblr. Huh. See what what what's new there? Yeah, I mean, Twitter can get a little old, and yeah, Tumblr's more of a vast world. Yeah, yeah, Twitter again. And it's, it's visual more like I'm too. Following people, yeah, it, it's visual, and you, I'm just following such a random assortment of of people. It's kind of like Pinterest for degenerates. Yes, I like that. Yeah, I, I know that's, that's right up your alley. That's where it is. So. Yeah, so I'm just feeling good. Then we got Tumblr. Is that why you're feeling good? Well, all right. If we really want to know why, so I think there's a couple things going on. One is I have been uh, exercising every morning Mm, for the last the last several weeks, and it's just so good. It's made I think just a huge difference. I didn't realize you'd stopped because weren't you doing those freakish like I was P90X or some shit like that around November. I kind of fell off the wagon with Thanksgiving and I was traveling for work and I fell off the wagon through December. Plus even then when I was doing it, I was doing it in the evening and doing it in the morning 
is is different. Like after I get that done in the morning, like nothing can really bring me down. <laughs> At least just the normal day to day stuff can't bring me down. Doesn't really matter anymore. I've, I've created. I've I've built up a a shield to it by by getting that exercise out in the morning. I'm not sure. Exactly Three hour long meetings works. can't bring you down. No, no, even that, huh? Even that doesn't bring me down. I've tested it. Doesn't Shit. work. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. gotta do that. My back hurts, you know, from that wave back in 90. Right. Did I ever tell you about that wave back in 90? Um, you've told me about so many waves. Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure. I don't know if I know this one, though, from 90. I've lived a fairly wave-centric life, I suppose. At least it would seem that way from the outside. Um, well, the wave Adam's back in wave centric life. Yeah. It's a great <laughs> idea for a memoir. <laughs> the, the wave back in 90 though, is the, the real, one of the real waves though. I was, this was the Jersey shore ocean grove. We used to go to every summer, the family, uh, and Joss Whedon then would come with us. That was pretty cool. You know, he'd stay at a hotel for a week or a, like a house, you know, he'd rent a house and I got to hang out with Joss Whedon. So that was fun. But we're body surfing, right? And the Jersey Shore can have some, you know, for a, what, a 13-year-old, can have some pretty decently sized waves. High tides, surf's a little rough, you know? Sure, yeah. It can be, can be you know, taller than you. That's pretty big. Mm-hmm. And some, and Brad, I, I don't know if you were this way, like if, how much time you spent at the beach or whatever, and like out in the water, in the ocean. But when I think about how I used to experience the the ocean and the beach, it uh, it horrifies and baffles me. Like we would just swim out and like be bobbing around out there, like way deeper than you could stand in. Who knows? And then I would like dive down to try to find the bottom of the. <laughs> Like, yeah. like 10 feet, 12 feet, I don't know, like way, way down. And we were just floating around out there. Yeah, like, I certainly did not do that. What? I love to frolic among the surf. Yeah, right. But never out where I couldn't stand. Jesus. That would freak me out way too much. Well, it does now. I Like, I almost drowned two summers ago or a summer ago because I got caught in a rip current and no matter oh, yeah. what they tell you that'll freak you the that fuck happened to right me too. out that happened to me too it is awful. awful it was very very awful it was very freaked out and yeah there were there were problems i'll just put it that way there were pro- the main problem being the specter of death that yes. I, you don't see too often but yes. it was it was around the periphery and it, i didn't like to be aware of it but anyway so yeah we used to do that shit i just can't fathom it i can't fathom swimming out past where i could stand and there's just like having your little feet dangling around out there you know we talked about jaws and jaws sequels for half an hour i was knew that movie i'd watched it many times how can i have my feet dangling around out there like a little smorgasbordus anyway most of the time we'd be closer in where the waves were breaking and we were body surfing you know, no boogie board or anything like that. Just like, just freewheeling it. Boom, just ride the wave in, just with your freaking body. But I kind of mistimed it one time, and the whole wave just came right down on my lower back and drove me into the sand, but uh. like, I just got stuck on it, and it just sh- shoved me just along for seconds and seconds. So I was underwater, and the entire weight of the wave was like, bending my body in half like more and more and more and i kind of heard like and then it kind of tumbled me out onto the shore and my back was just all fucked up and ever since then it's like all twingy so if i Uh. like move the wrong way or like reach down to pick something up in just the right way it'll like i'll just get shooting pain and fall over and so every once in a while that wave back in 90 rears its ugly head, and I feel like it's doing that again, but it's been doing it for a couple weeks now. It just hurts. So Yeah, you can't, you can't play around with those waves too much. Not too much. Not too much. Although that kind of specter of uh, cripplement does, it's part of the fun, perhaps. 
Uh, no, this was not a specter of cripplement. Uh, it was a specter of death, but different though. When I was in the Riptide, the specter of cripplement. Different specter you're talking about? Like, yeah, I'm talking about a whole different oh, specter. Just, okay, different specter. I'm talking about... Just the danger of it. Yeah. The danger of that whole thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Because like, I kind thrill. of enjoy it. That's my, like, goal. Even now, I'm almost 40 years old. Go to the beach. I'm like, I'm going to go out in those waves. I'm going to frolic around. Oh, they're big. That's great. You know, they're going to go tumble me. Tumble me over. <laughs> Come on. I want a big one to knock me over. Knock me into the sand. Your tumble-centric life. Yes, it'll be fun. I like the website Tumblr, and I like to be tumbled by waves. <laughs> Tumbles all around. I'm all about that tumble, about that tumble. Yes, my rip story, it was something. We never talked about this on the No, I don't, I don't think I know about this. You might not even know it. It involves paramedics. Oh, jeez, really? It got, it got to that point. Oh, no. This was, and this was just a couple years ago. Was this North Carolina? Down at the Outer Banks. Oh, yeah. boy. Oh, no, I don't know about this. There was a, um, there was, so there was one of those like sandbars out there. Yeah, you can get out there and stand. Right. So I was like, oh, everyone's out there. So I'm going to swim out there. I'm going to try to get out there. But of course, to get there, you have to go through a section where, again, you're not, you can't really stand. Yeah, a little uh, slough or slough or whatever they call it. Yeah, and and, and they exactly. And so, so I was, you know, I, I pretty much I made it out there. And I was like, okay, this is cool, I guess. Just kind of standing here. All right, I'm gonna go back. So I tried to get back, but yeah, you couldn't really get back. Like I guess because if there were these rip currents taking you there, getting there was really easy. Right. Which I guess is opposite of what you'd think. You'd think the waves would be stopping you from getting out. No, it's sucking you out. But it was sucking me out. I could not. So I started trying to swim back, and I couldn't touch. Yeah, bad news. I just couldn't make it. I was like, oh, no, I cannot. I am in no way getting closer to the shore, no matter what I do. Such an awful feeling. It was an awful, awful feeling. And, of course, like you say, like you can't help but panic. Right. Even though you know... Like on some level, you know what's happening. You've you've seen the literature. You've seen the signs. You know what to do. Yeah. You know? Well, the thing was, I don't think I recognized at the time, like I thought, okay, rip current. Try to do, in my mind, and it all happened really quickly. It was just kind of like, oh, like it takes a lot more force to get out there than I I thought it would. Like, I'm just not a good swimmer or something. Like, it never mm-hmm. occurred to me. Like, the never thing, the thing did not ding into my mind to go rip current, like, float parallel until you go in. Right. It was just like, oh, I got to get out there. I can't, I can't do it. It takes a little extra effort. It's the ocean. It's not a swimming pool. Mm. So I, so I'm trying and it's not, I'm not having too much luck, but somehow I start to panic. I eventually get to a point where I panic, like this panic reflex kicks in. Oh, and I, I just like start flailing my arms and legs <laughs> like crazy powerful. Like I'm just going to fucking like a torpedo. Get out there. Right. Stupid. In retrospect, and by get out right? there, you mean get back to shore. Yeah. Get back to yeah. shore. But, you know, stupid in, in retrospect. But, right. You're you just know, using time, your energy. My mind just wasn't in the right frame of mind. The panic, man. It takes over. Yeah. So I get back to the shore. But my heart is beating like a trip hammer. How the hell did you even manage to get back to the shore? You know, you were I, probably in the rip current was probably um, maybe it was actually that uh, slough that you were in. It was running parallel itself. It could be. I mean, I think there was an element of my body. I did kind of start going parallel a little bit. It's all really a blur, to be honest. But somehow and I'm not really clear on how it happened. Somehow I ended up back on shore and I was kind of like crazy. Like, like I said, like flay, like, like, okay, I'm just going to become like a human dolphin and get to shore. You're going to become like case when it goes into like water wheel mode. Exactly. That's exactly it. Right. (laughs) Exactly it. So I do that. Um, I get to shore, but my heart 
is like is like beating like a trip hammer. Right. I go up to where we have our beach umbrella and beach blankets and I'm I'm laying down. Has anyone like, noticed at this point that the problems that you were having? I don't think so. No. It was just like, oh, Brad went onto the water, Brad came back, but I'm laying right on there. And I think I might mention, like, wow, like my heart, like I can't, you know, and it was just going. Like it wouldn't stop. It it just wouldn't stop. Mm. And eventually it gets to this point where I'm like, you know, I don't feel good. It's not time. I'm gonna go back into the house. Right? I get I get back to the house. Again, like there's no there's is no change. My heart, it's just like gonna burst out of my chest. And this is a good several minutes later, five minutes later, 10 minutes. I mean, I walked yeah. all the way back to the house, um, which isn't necessarily a short walk. It's not a long walk, but it's not like just, you know, 40 feet up the beach. It's you have to go over the dunes and down and past the row of houses. Then our house was next. So I'm there. And again, this is happening. And I guess I don't remember. I guess m- my wife was at the house. I don't think she was at the beach at some point. Well, at any point she's at the house and my heart is still going like a trip hammer, like a trip hammer. Like it hasn't stopped yet. And so she calls nine one one at this point, like a trip hammer gone mad. Yeah, exactly. So she calls nine one one paramedics come. I'm still having this problem. I'm feeling like really messed up. Oh, jeez. Heart is still going like pound and pound and pound and pound and, it's it's been at this point I don't know fifteen minutes later, um, and they uh, they're like, well, have you did you did you drink anything today? Do you have any liquids? And I'm like, only booze, not really, because like, I kind of woke up and just went right out to the beach. Gotcha. Because I was just like, yeah, oh, I woke up, I slept in. Oh, everyone's out to be. I want to go. So I just kind of like went like right from bed out into the. The, the the beach i'm like yeah I, I had like i i drank like maybe like a little swig of water on my way out like that was it a couple uh mouthfuls of ocean water as yeah. i was trying not to die right yeah i didn't get any ocean wa- wa- water water from the ocean they were very concerned about that that i might yeah. be having some reaction from taking in too much water yeah but i was like no i didn't i didn't i didn't I, did, I managed not to inhale or swallow any water but so they said all right well, we think you're dehydrated. Do you have any orange juice here? So Christine, my wife, she goes, gets the orange juice, gives me a little glass of orange juice. I drink it and I'm instantly better. Like instantly. Like Marty McFly when he's starting to disappear on stage trying to play guitar. Yeah. And, and then, then like, vroom, vroom. yeah, and it was exactly back at like it. that. I was just like, okay. oh, I'm perfectly better. How much orange juice? Like four ounces, eight ounces? Um, probably. It was a, quite a bit of orange juice. Okay, eight sizable to glass. Ten. Eight to ten. All right. Almost a Coke can's worth. Soda can worth. Yeah. Okay. That's a good bit of orange juice. Right. And it was yeah. just like immediate? It was pretty much just immediate. Like my heart stopped. As soon as I got it and swallowed it and stopped, everything was good. And they so, were like, yeah, you were dehydrated. This was like a symptom of dehydration. So you're dehydrated. So your heart's solution to this problem is to try to pump as much blood throughout your entire body as possible to like cycle what little water you have in your system like as much yeah i guess i mean i can only imagine like if i did not go on that wave it's not like my heart would have just started doing that but i guess a combination of being dehydrated with having this panic attack like right. set off some kind of chain reaction or something like that well yeah it set off the uh trip hammer gone mad inside your chest yeah so that was my uh my adventure so i didn't have that i just i thought i saw a shovel one of the little sand shovels that the girls had been using it's blue right yeah okay. I, I thought i saw it out in the i'm like oh those assholes they let the shovel get washed out so i'm, like, I'm gonna go get it it's not that far out swim 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 got too deep i couldn't stand i'm like shit but i'm within like 20 feet of the thing so i'm like yeah fuck it i'll just keep going and it's in like this like collection this spherical collection of like seaweed and maybe a hypodermic needle well no that's new jersey this is in north carolina and the blue plastic shovel but i get out to it and it's just a scrap of plastic it's not the shovel i'm like fuck that wasn't even the sh- all the way out here for that 
and I turn around to go back, and it was like you said, I didn't really notice that anything was happening, except eventually I noticed that nothing was happening. I'm like, right. God damn it, I am not any closer. And like, I start to like, yeah, just have that panic because it's like, fuck, I am getting tired. I'm getting tired. I'm not going to be able to swim much longer. Mm-hmm. And that's when the specter starts coming around and the heart starts beating a little bit and you start to fucking panic. But I did realize that, okay, I am not getting any closer because I am in a rip current. I did realize that I need to, but as like before that realization hit me, I was starting to th- like, there was a little bit of darkness, like around the periphery, the darkness was starting to envelop mm-hmm. me a little bit and i'm like shit and then the water seemed blacker i'm like this is how it ends like this this is pretty anticlimactic this is stupid all oh, for a plastic shovel for a fucking plastic shovel and this is how i go like it's happening it's fucking ha- and i'm aware of it happening it's terrible but then it's like rip current i'd float on your back and kick gently with your legs parallel to the shore. Just just do it for a little while and see if you can make headway up or down the shore and get out of this thing. So I did that for just, boy, you really had to, like, command yourself to not freak out. You really had to just get a grip. And, like, your mind had to control your body. And I never experienced those two things acting so separately. Five minutes parallel to the shore. It's like, okay, I feel like I've worked my way up and I was looking at, you know, the house and I could see people sitting on the beach. They just see me swimming around out there having a good time. No big deal, right? It, they yeah. can't hear you yell, obviously. No, they don't see the specter. <laughs> the, uh, only I see you. it, right? Yes. And then I got made it, you know, 20, 30 feet up shore and it's like okay i'm gonna try this i've got one chance because i'm fucking tired and i just started going and like diving underwater because i felt like maybe i could swim faster underwater a little bit and get up or keep going and like i am getting closer i might actually win and then i could kind of hit the bottom and then the waves just crashed me up onto the shore and i just collapsed on the shore but i didn't have the trip hammer heart i just had like utter exhaustion i couldn't move so it's like it was close it's fucking close yeah it's crazy that ocean i'm like i don't I'm never need going to. there again no. after this after I, these stories i am well i mean i'll go there i just don't go out in the water like that yeah i just don't do it unless maybe i would if i had a flotation device you know not going out yeah. But even then, you got to start worrying about the, well, the nibblers. Yeah, the nibblers. I don't like anything nibbling at me. And we fish, we catch sharks and shit. I know they're out there. I don't need anything nibbling at me. So, yeah, I just don't. I go where I can stand. I know that sharks will still get you three feet of water or less and all that, but it's not as horrifying somehow. Right. Well, you have at least like a fighting chance. Yeah, sort of. You're still kind of land-based. Right, right. I mean, I don't even want a little a little taste test from any kind of shark. Mm-hmm. Usually they just take a little nibble and like, oh, this is not my, my cup of tea. I'm, I'm moving on. But I don't even want that. Anyway, I'm not going out there anymore. Yeah. Stay close just, to just, the land. Just screw nature altogether. I do. I'm just staying inside. Inside. <laughs> inside, Brad. Get a nice uh, pad like Jackie Treehorn's place. Maybe a little indoor swimming pool. Yeah. Five feet. No more. Oh, I don't know. I he know. has some pretty nice outdoors, too. Well, he does, but that doesn't... That's not actually not a part of this property. They filmed in two separate locations. Well, that's that's reality talking. I'm talking about the filmic reality. Filmic reality. Do you want to play some audio of a filmic reality? While we have this chance, we I might as well do it. We started talking about it. Let's it's do it. It's as good a time. A musical minute. Good a time as any. Mostly a musical minute. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. All right.
leather pad you got here, man. Completely unspoiled. What's your drink, dude? White Russian, thanks. And we're back. A lot of uh, Ima Sumac in that minute. Is that what the music is? Yes, Ima Sumac. Ima Sumac. I, I'm going to take a guess at... I did look up the pronunciation. It is pronounced Ima Sumac, okay. it sounds like, from what I can gather. The name of the song is Ate Pura. I'm not sure. I didn't have enough. I used up all my energy looking up how to pronounce Ima Sumac. After that, I just <laughs> didn't really bother. But it's Ate Pura, and then parentheses, High Andes. So I, I see a YouTube link here. I've got this on that, YouTube. But that means High Andes? She's Peruvian. Like she's greeting the Andes? No, like the Andes are high. Oh. Like they just... It's uh, very appropriate. The dude would approve. Smoke some banana peels. Right. Maybe I see a little... I don't know if this is the right link, but I'll put it in there. So I've got a question about this music. Yes. Uh, two questions, actually. Is Ema Sumac, that appears to be a woman... I believe that is so, yes. But that's her voice? Uh, that's her, presumably? Or is she... I identify she... that voice as female. Really? Yes, it's maybe kind of... I don't know if it's deep. It's a little deep. It's it's It has a certain quality to it that I know what you mean. I can forgive you, or <laughs> anyone for that matter, for like maybe having some gender confusion on it because it doesn't necessarily completely fall square in what we would consider like norms. It doesn't completely fall square. I mean, it's not even close really to what you would consider a traditional female vocal. I don't know about that. I mean, I hear it. I hear a female singing like deeply, but then it also gets high after a little while too. I hear it sounds very clearly female to me. I but. hear somebody who looks like the Dalai Lama singing this. I, I could I could understand that. Yeah, some or some you know guru on top of the mountain. Yeah, it does have a it does have a on top of the mountain feel. Well, I guess again it's that's, High that's Andy's, the song right? High yeah. Andy. So mm-hmm. they they hit she hit the mark there really well. I think definitely. Are you um, familiar with any of her other work? I'm not, although I am curious to listen to it because I do enjoy this track. Every once in a while, it comes up on Spotify for me Hmm. because I have the uh, Big Lebowski playlist added in Spotify. So it's like sometimes I play like just play random stuff. This song comes in and listening to the whole track, you can really kind of get into the zone with it. I bet you can. I bet you can. I wonder if the rest of her catalog it falls into this sort of this sort of vein. Yeah, it might. I mean, so she, according to Wikipedia, she falls into the category of exotica, which was kind of this fascination in the fifties with foreign music that was here in America. Um, I think the mucha machacho kind of falls into that category. I believe also. It was part of yeah, that wave. Sure, I can. That I can same see wave. That. So this was part of that that same that same wave of you know we're in you know I don't know it was it was kind of in vogue at the mm-hmm. time. This is not Frank Sinatra, in other words. Right. This is something right. different. Yes. You've never heard anything like it. Now it's kind of strange that Jackie Treehorn, in his like modernist, you know, his dwelling, we see at the end of this minute, it's very modernist that this is kind of I guess like retro modernist modernist from the 60s so maybe he's kind of caught in that era but this is this music even in 1991 is what 30 years old 40 years old so he's got this beach party going with his modernist dwelling but although if it's 1960s modernist like you say this might kind of fit yeah well maybe that does fit but hmm and his weird like beach festival that's going on here I noticed on the left-hand side of the frame, there's kind of a, I don't know what it really is. I'll call it a tent, but it's not really. It's kind of like four posts, four sticks. 
It's kind of like a life-sized version of those things from True Detective. Uh, maybe. Yeah, kind of. It's like it would be a tent if it actually covered anything. There's just kind of like a banner that goes around it. I guess oh, I can't that really, thing. Okay, no, no, really no. I was looking. if there's a roof or not. I don't think there's. I was looking at the fire. The fire looks like one of those stick yes. things from True Detective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Um, but, but on top of that thing, there is like this pattern of like... They're bird-like. Kind of like eagles. Yeah. And it does kind of look like something, I'm not really sure, but it does look like something that could be, you know, South American. Yeah, Aztecian almost. Yeah, so it kind of fit, might fit with this music. Okay. So maybe it was way. a South American-themed beach party. Yeah, it could be. Could be. So, I mean, and I guess this is supposed to be sort of like a uh, Hugh Hefner Playboy Mansion type scenario going on here. Mm -hmm. All the women seem to be either topless or in bikinis, but all the men are wearing track suits. At least 90% of the men seem to be wearing track suits and like white sneakers. The track suit is the... Uh, Mankini of the early 90s. <laughs> I guess. It's a little misogynistic, if you ask me. Well, uh, the early 90s were steeped in misogyny, <laughs> even more so than the current day. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Do you have any more examples, though, to cite for that? No, but I do have a trampoline story. <laughs> <laughs> that involves uh, is, perhaps I don't know. women and gender roles. This isn't exactly a trampoline here, but I'm all ears. Well, that's true. Well, fine. Story. Yeah, forget trampoline because it wasn't actually a trampoline story. It was the same kind of idea of the the big whatever tarp and blanketing people up. Now I couldn't be misremembering this, and those are the best stories, I suppose. I think so. If someone out there is listening and knows what I'm talking about, let us know. Okay. How do they do that? They could go to gutterballs.tv, click contact us, little form, type in your message. Okay. Hit send. We'll get it. Or follow us on Facebook and just shoot us a comment or a you, message there. You could there. do that too. Comment on Facebook. Yeah. Or you could tweet us at guttercast. So many ways, Brad. Or you could leave a review on iTunes and like couch your your information within your review. Yes, many many options. Yeah, I'd go with that one if it were me. But yeah, iTunes reviews are good. That's probably the easiest way to get in touch with us. Definitely, definitely. So I remember. <laughs> yes, this television show called Chips. Oh, sure. Which was an acronym for California Highway Patrol, Patrol. Studs. And the S was small. So it was a California Highway Patrol. That's plural because there are multiple chips. Right. Here in Pennsylvania, we have FIPS, Pennsylvania Highway Patrol. Oh. Similar to chips, but they're FIPS. But fatter. And that's fatter with a PH. With a PH. With a PH. So there was an episode of Chips, although now I'm thinking maybe it was the Dukes of Hazard. In any case... I love John Stamos. Pretty sure it was Chips. They kidnapped this biker gang, kidnapped a, a, a girl. I think it was like a, a female Chip. So, of course, here we are. Of course, it's the, you know, here she is. She's a California Highway Patrol. But, but she's of course, weak. she's helpless, right, against this biker gang. she's a gang. woman. Yeah. It's the damsel in distress syndrome. Mm -hmm. So, of course, Ponch has to go rescue her. Which one was Ponch? Ponch was Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada. That's right. He had an apartment with nothing in it except a mattress on the floor and a tiny little pedestal with a phone on it. And I thought it was the coolest thing. Eric Estrada? Yeah. Well, his character, were, Frank oh. Poncharelli, Ponch. Okay. Because he was so cool, thought, right? He was never home. Right. Doesn't need any of that shit. Although, where's he going to bring the ladies? He doesn't bring the, the ladies home. He goes to the ladies, maybe. Or he brings doesn't the ladies home and is like, 
There's our mattress. <laughs> that's all we need. No, I think that's actually why we've seen his apartment. Because there's the scenes where he has to bring the ladies back from the disco. He's not trying to impress them. He's there for that's one thing. That's already been done. The deal's <laughs> been sealed. <laughs> so the, this female chip is being held by the biker gang. And what do they do to kind of torment her? They put her on a tarp. Tarpaline. They pop her on a tarp and they start like flapping her up in the air and like laughing maniacally as she's helplessly tossed in the air again and again. Did were there any shots from directly above? I don't think so. Okay. Was she disrobed? No. Was she in uniform? I think so. Probably. Hard to really remember, but I think so. That probably really gets the biker gang types off. Well, this was, yeah, so I guess it was like the uh, network television version of like, how do we visually portray that this woman is in, in peril? <laughs> right. And they couldn't, you know, it's, it's network television. I'm pretty sure this show aired pretty early in the evening, too. So it's like they can't go too far. Right. It's television. It's like early 80s, really early 80s. Sunday at eight, eight Sunday at eight PM. Yeah, they can't do much. So they did that. And that's I mean, there's a deeper message probably. There's an unspoken message. There's there's an unspoken message. There is. And it will remain unspoken. Well, okay. We're all we know. But here we have a similar situation, except in this case, and you know, or maybe this is a good point, right? It's the same type of stand-in in some way. Here they're enjoying it. It's consensual trampolining. Right, right. That guy is really excited. Yeah, that weird owl guy. Yes. He is loving the shit he has his out hair, of this. At least. Yeah, now, he's is, really, really excited. Is he loving it I just I think I would the... be that excited too, though, if I was but, in his well, Is it because of the exposed breasts or just the uh the all-out adrenaline rush of flinging a human into the air i think it's a combination of the whole thing right it's it's the scantily clad woman the the adrenaline rush of flinging a human it's just the whole scene of debauchery happening in this beach situation nima sumac is blasting on the beach sound system yeah it's just an experience you don't have many of those in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you like, you really eat it up when you got it. You exactly. just you dive in, man. That would be me. That would be me. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I found the, um, topless female trampolining world championships here. That's an actual thing. Um, I don't think it's real. It's not an actual uh, competitive <laughs> sport. It's kind of like like wrestling. It's like entertainment only. Uh, yeah, I, and I think it's it may be satire, but there I sent you a little link for it. If this wasn't a family program, we could put the link in the show notes. But yeah, because I think this guy that is in it might have been in Bridesmaids, but I'm not sure. Hmm. So too bad. One more thing about Ema Ema is that what we say Ema Sumac? Ema Sumac, yeah. Technically the last sound is pronounced as one of like a like a like a click in the back of the throat. Sumac something like that. I mean I can't really say it's just described that way to me, but I will say that her know, most people don't do that. No, if they speak English or just, even yeah. Whatever you speak in Peru, Spanish, I guess. You keep it your own. You just keep it in your own wheelhouse. You don't go like some people will. They do it with like names of cities. This just happened today. Somebody we know was like, I don't know. We were in Roma. Then we went to Nepali. No, you were in Naples and Rome. Come on. You know, or it's like, ooh, we went to Munchkin. No, you went to Munich. You know, come on, jackass. You don't all of a sudden adopt one word out of that language. You don't speak that language. You speak English. Right. I mean, if you were speaking that language, that'd be perfectly acceptable. Yes, of right? course. Absolutely, yes. It would be weird to say Munich if you were speaking German. 
but don't just throw it in there to try to be cool. So anyway, to That's us... That's the lesson. Just don't ever try to be po- cool. Don't try to be cool. If you're trying to be cool... It ain't cool. It ain't cool. You just have to be cool. Be cool. Be cool. Don't try to be cool. Exactly. Thank you. We can tell you're trying. Oh, right. there's nothing worse. That is there's the least cool thing you to can be do. Cool. Just be cool. Are you going to flip your collar up now? You going to slick your hair back? <sighs> be cool. I'll try to be cool. Ema Sumac's other song, I looked, Go for Mambo. Sounds go for Mambo. Go for Mambo. G-O-P-H-E-R Mambo? Yes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> sounds perfectly femalian. Like, I hear it, that's a female. But this one, this, uh, what's it called? This track here? Ataipura. Ataipura. This does not sound female to me. You just have watched this movie too much and had the Dalai Lama in your mind for too long. It can't be shaken. Or, you know, who else it kind of sounds like singing is that, that Wes Anderson uses him. He's Gene Hackman's sidekick in the Royal Tenenbaums. What's uh, it, what's his name? Uh, I don't know. I can see him. I don't know yeah. that he he sings. No, of course not. That's who I picture. Oh, singing you picture this, him. Though. Got it. Yes. Okay. I mean, maybe he is. A, he might have a fantastic singing voice. For all I know, but I picture Gene Hackman singing this song. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, but okay. So here, let me. Is this possibly? A non-diegetic piece of music or are we to assume i see a guy playing some drums by the fire there are we to assume that somewhere in this crazy ass scene of debauchery there's music a source of this music it's a good question because they don't they don't the music isn't doesn't have that outdoorsy open air quality like wind Mm -hmm. Like wind blowing through trees, right? And would they be while while the while the the scene is running slowly? Yeah, why is the, the music slowed? Would the music be obliged to slow down along with it if it was diegetic? I'm not sure. I kind of feel like it might be though. But this is—it's a very slow track in general. True. It's perhaps why they picked it. Just it has that. Whatever you were talking about, that exotic, exotica feel, but it is also, uh, it does kind of have that molassesy quality to it. So I don't know. It seems like most times if the music is going to be assumed to be playing in the scene, they will, at least at some point, put an effect on it, like put some EQ on it, you know, to motivate that. Yeah, every time we've come to this question, it's always been like, oh, this is totally non-diegetic. They're like, oh, wait, no, here it happened, right? Mm-hmm. There's something. Like, maybe it doesn't start out that way, but then it changes that way. Oh, no, it's the music in the car. You just heard it ahead of time. Something. This doesn't have anything like that. Like I, I said, mean, well, the only thing we could give it is that it does end, like, kind of perfectly with this scene. So, at least if it is, a, if it is non-diegetic, it doesn't contaminate any other scenes no it doesn't and there is that crazy ass stomping around drummer but he's not playing this music you know he might be playing along to it but i just don't i don't get the feeling that this music is actually present in this scene yeah i'm gonna say this is the exception that proves the rule to the yeah the the the, the non diegetic, or, or the diegetic rule, I should say, of Big Lebowski. I think we're gonna have to go with that. I'm I'm calling it. It's it's not it's it's non diegetic. That's a little disappointing to me. They were doing so good here, but I mean, there's no rule. They were just mostly making consistency. The music. Is the hobgoblin of little minds, Adam? <laughs> Where who'd you steal that from? That's a that's a very uh uh I, I would I thought that was a very common piece of folk wisdom. 
Well, you know, maybe in Hazleton. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> While we're eating all the pits. <laughs> Consistency. Is the hobgoblin of little Come on. Yeah. I gotta look it up now. It's it's a phrase. It's 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 a from Emerson. It's from Emerson in his uh RW? His reliance uh, his uh his essay Self Reliance. Oh, the full quote is a foolish consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds adored by little statesmen and philosophers and divines. Oh my God. Oh, this essay is an analysis into the nature of the aboriginal self on which a universal reliance may be grounded. I didn't realize you were so into uh, <laughs> RWE. Um, I, yeah. Wow. That uh, that tickled me, tickled me yeah, a little I bit. I could understand <laughs> the first time, you know, hearing that from my mouth. I <laughs> could understand that for the first time. The hobgoblin. I mean, the I wouldn't hobgoblin. put it. I wouldn't put it past you to use a term like hobgoblin, though. That's the thing. Hobgoblin, <laughs> boogeyman, bogeyman, goblin. goblin. We've got specters, hobgoblins. Apparently a hobgoblin is a mischievous, albeit good-natured goblin. Ah, see, I don't agree with that too much. But what do I know? Yeah, a goblin is... I know how good-natured they are. I think... Is evil or mischievous, whereas a hobgoblin is more amusing. See, how can he be friendly and troublesome? If he's causing you trouble, he's not that friendly. Right, yeah. So you think they were like, we've done enough with the diegetic music, we really just want this uh, Ema Sumac song in there? Fuck they motivation. Or, you know, maybe they're that... Because here's the thing. You know, here's maybe the thing. you could say that song, maybe that is the music playing here at this party, but, you know, they never bothered to do the little effect. I mean, they do. But they ramp a little the speed. Bit <coughs> they ramp the speed. And as they do it, you can start to hear, like, you the, start the to sound hear, of the people on the beach. Right. Other sounds music. from the party. People laughing and cavorting and maybe a dog barks or something. But that's your opportunity other sound comes in, they ramp it, it goes from ultra slow motion, and it speeds up to normal speed as Jackie Treehorn approaches from out of the darkness. And we jib down, we crane down from high up, down to eye level with Jackie Tree- Treehorn. He comes up, he approaches the camera, boom, front and center. So there's a visual cue that we are like entering, you know, regular reality, and there's an audio cue with the uh, sounds of people laughing and carrying on. So, I mean, I think the sound lowers, the music lowers a little bit, the volume. But there's your opportunity to, you know, EQ it, make it a little tinnier, make it sound like it's happening outdoors. There was your opportunity, and they chose not to do it. Because it probably didn't work as well. They weren't going to, you know, just because they wanted to say all the music was diegetic, sacrifice what worked best in this moment. Hmm. <laughs> I have to say, this whole Jackie Treehorn coming out of the dark and the speed wrapping up, I never really appreciated this shot all the many times I watched the movie. It's, I believe I never it's... really stopped to appreciate it until now. It's quite a shot it's quite a moment too it's pretty epic and i believe it's their quote-unquote money shot of the movie because if you look at this beach scene especially when it first starts out they're outside first of all so you know you're not in a controlled you know set you're not inside you're not on a sound stage you're outside you're on the beach so you're next to the ocean there's probably wind, you know, it might rain. You got to make sure it's not going to rain. 
Uh, it's not going to be too windy because now you've got a fire going, a giant bonfire. You've got animals, Brad. There are animals in the scene. So you're working outside with multiple fires, actually, with animals at night. I mean, holy shit. And you've got slow-mo ramping into regular motion. You've got nudity. So it's like you don't want to you know, just have her out there trampolining around for 10 hours straight if you can help it. If you look, when we cut to this wide shot, if you look in the background, there's a giant rock, like a cliff in the background. The bottom of it is lit up, ostensibly motivated by the huge fire, but really it's just lit for the light. And the top of it has this blue slash of light crossing Mm -hmm. against, like, the top 20% of the rock. I mean, holy crap. That's, like, probably an Ari sun. It's probably a 20K, 20,000-watt light to get that amount of light up there that far. Send you a link to an Ari Hmm. sun. They are monsters, monstrosities even. Oh, there's a 60. Holy shit, maybe it's an Ari sun 60. No, that's just a 60 watt. It's probably a 20K. My point is that I'm agreeing with you. It's quite, quite a shot, especially with the technical elements to it. Slow-mo and the ramp. Right. I mean. And and this actor, this Jackie Treehorn guy just nails it, too. Nails it right up into the camera. Right up into the camera. He's staring right into the camera. We are seeing through the dude's eyes at this point. Right. Yep. And there's a crane involved. Starts up high and comes down low. I mean, so much. It's such an epic introduction to Jackie Treehorn. I mean, it's fitting, right? We've heard of Jackie Treehorn. It had to be something epic like this. And here he is, right? Yes, totally epic. He's wearing this white suit with a red button-up shirt, but the, uh, you know, top button and maybe, maybe one more kind of saucily unbuttoned kind of devil may care he's he's sort of like he's kind of the dude's alter ego i guess if you had to hmm. say there was an antagonist if the dude is the protagonist jackie treehorn might be the antagonist so think about it he, yeah they yeah. have similarities they both like to take it easy have a good time but whereas the dude is lazy Jackie Treehorn is mo he likes to make money. He's motivated, he's successful. That manifests in you know a career in the smut business because he likes his devil may care attitude, whatever, having a good time lifestyle, but I don't know. I'm just throwing I have not thought that through. No, yeah. Well and also it's what sets off the action of the movie. True. Right? His thugs come over. He's the only one formidable enough to really um you know give the dude some serious trouble i mean other people threaten and the dude worries about it but mm-hmm. and the dude when, those thugs come <laughs> from up a couple times the dude gets drugged yeah he's really working him over in this movie he uh but i w- also jackie treehorn gives the dude his due respect he refers to the dude as dude Hello, dude. Yeah, very true. But you gotta give Jackie Treehorn some props for that. He might be the only one out of this crazy cast of characters. Well, Brant calls the dude dude. True. But he he goes back and forth. after the dude has to explain it, though, isn't it? Or maybe not. mm. It's unclear. I'd have to to redo. redo. Um, Pretty sure he calls him dude. I mean, he goes back and he does call him Mr. Lebowski sometimes and dude other times. And the dude's landlord calls him dude. That's true. But Although Treehorn, again, you know, never having talked to him before, right out of the gate as a dude, calling him dude. Yeah, because he wants something from him. He wants the information. It just goes to show how, uh, yeah. But also he's done his homework. Yes. Yeah. He's been watching Jeffrey Lebowski. He knows more about the dude than the dude probably knows about the dude. It could be. Ben Gazzara. Jackie Treehorn. Ben, 
Ben Gazzara. Right? Not him? Could be. Has he done anything else worthy of note or perhaps even better unworthy of note? Anatomy of a Murder? I mean, he's been acting forever. Cat on a hot tin roof? Oh, yeah. He's old school. Now I feel like he's someone we're supposed to know and yeah. we're just... Uh, we should at least you be know, aware of him outside of, we don't know. <laughs> outside of the Big Lebowski. We should probably know outside any of, of the these Big movies. Lebowski, Jaws, and Star Wars. We should probably watch another movie <laughs> at some point. <laughs> I watched uh, Texas Chainsaw. Got 4.8 uh, stars. The, the, the original? No, that's the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I just watched oh, okay. Texas. I think it's just called Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw. Yeah. Well, you know, everything's getting shorter. You know, tension spans are getting smaller. No one has time for a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. You don't have time for a Texas Chainsaw. Just the saw. Pretty soon it's just going to be Saw. You're going to have a movie just called Saw. It's going to get rid of everything else. That would be stupid. Yeah, that would probably never happen. He, uh, 33 credits on IMDb for... Uh, that's as an actor. Is he ben still Gazzara. kicking? Is he still kicking, Ben Gazzara? Um, his last credit in here is 2011. Mm. Um, there's some really flipping bizarre ad on imdb that is not letting me read anything there's just a giant pair of eyes pasted over ben gazzara oh i hate that it's for lucy spilling over yeah but i can't away go away i had to closed it now jeez uh which is weird because some no he passed away on february 3rd 2012 at age 81 that was during our podcast we just hadn't gotten there damn it how old 81 81 that's how old Willie Nelson is right now. And he's playing a show every three days this year. Over a hundred shows he's playing. He's on tour. Just keeps going. It's kind of what you got to do. <clears throat> At least. If it's what people. you do, it's what you got to do. You don't stop doing it. Why would you stop? And then you wouldn't be doing it anymore. And what would you do? Right. So Lucy, this, this ad that plays over. Yeah, because IMDb is all fucked up now. Because of that ad. It's like all, it looks like a site from 1997. Lucy, some alien comes down, some hot alien chick comes down and is fucking around with people. So Scarlett Johansson has done Under the Skin and now Lucy. Lucy is not an alien. That's what I've heard. That doesn't seem. Well, I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Well, me either. The the ads do not allude to that. They seem to specifically say that there's a different origin to Lucy, but I guess... Okay. Well, maybe. I don't see how it would really switch around to that. <laughs> Lucy is like that, uh, that movie with Bradley Cooper. American uh, Hustle. Oh. Not Unlimited. Bound, limit, limitless? American unlimited? Sniper. Boundless? The Hangover. The hell is the name of that movie? Um, He's just not that into you? Silver Linings um, Playbook. Limitless. I think I've exhausted. Limitless it was called. Which was actually a pretty good movie, I thought. The a It's one of those kind of like sleeper type movies where you kind of see, see it and you're like, oh, that might be good on cable TV one day. And then you watch it on cable TV one day and you're like, yeah, that was... That was that was pretty good. That was damn good entertainment to pick up on HBO one day. Neil Berger is the director of that movie. Hmm. Yep, Neil Berger. Uh, well, but Limitless know. was a pretty good movie. And Lucy seems like the same concept, only turned into an action movie. Neil Berger, who directed the movie that wasn't The Prestige. Oh, right. There were two of them. They come in the pairs. other one. Yeah. Ed Norton. He apparently also directed Divergent. Oh, didn't see it. This is the segment that we always get to <laughs> where we an just... hour, a little over an hour into it, where we just browse <laughs> IMDb and talk about what's in there. <laughs> Jump from, from IMDb profile to IMDb profile. 
Right. And but Ben Gazzara, so let, okay, this will illustrate be my last our ignorance <laughs> when it comes to yeah. films and cinema in general. Right. That's see, people have said, what are you going to do, Brad? What are you going to do, Adam, when you're done going through the Big Lebowski? I say we turn it into simply an IMDb podcast where we just started a certain actor on IMDb and we just start just randomly clicking through IMDb and talking about what we're looking at. We might want to become a little more literate or maybe not. Maybe our ignorance is our greatest asset. Yeah, it is because we you can't fake the surprise when you find out that. The guy that directed Limitless is the same guy that directed Divergent. No, it has to be, you know, from is the Lucy heart. an alien or not? I, I don't know. We never saw the movie. <laughs> but it's <laughs> an interesting question. How fucking fascinating. I think you're right. I don't think she's an alien. But I didn't. Ben Gazzara. Under was the skin. Apparently the bad guy. Well, one of the bad guys in Roadhouse. Um, which hmm. I've seen that movie and I. Don't really remember. I, mean, I don't know if I didn't recognize him or I just haven't. Don't remember, but it's a great bad movie. Oh, Luke Besson directed Lucy. Okay, yes, he did. All right. I wanted to see Lucy. It got such lukewarm reviews that now I'm like, I don't really care. But like, originally seeing the trailer and being like, oh, it looks like Limitless. I like that. And Luke Besson does cool action. Scarlett Johansson's always pretty good. Huh. I'm not quite sure, but I'd definitely like to check it out. Now I'm kind of like, eh. The Fifth Element, The Professional, one of my favorite movies of all time. Yeah. Great no, Luke Besson, he's He wrote Taken 2 and Taken 3? Mm-hmm. Is that what I'm seeing here? Yeah, I or, think he uh, he might have produced them. He was in, Taken, I know he was involved in those. Taken 2, Taken 3. Writer. Huh. Didn't he? I believe he also uh, was a producer for The Transporter. And a writer for The Transporter 5 and Transporter 6, which have been announced. <laughs> I don't... Sometimes I think they're a little fast and loose with I, the, like, I putting think. movies in there is announced. Who Not announced to mention, it? Well, apparently... IMDb announced it just now on this page? Right. Apparently there is a movie, Transporter Legacy, currently in post-production. So does this have to do with Transport of the Series? Are they taking Transport of the Series and turning that into a movie? Is this completely different? I don't know. Different universe? Who the hell they, knows? Because they did do a Transporter the Series. Or is Transporter Legacy, is it just like a made-for-TV? Well, it's in post-production, though, but the series is already out. Yeah, so I don't know. I, did you ever see the movie District B-13? No, it's not Is bad. That one of those. No, it's um, and I maybe I'm thinking about the wrong one, but I'm seeing it here. I think there's parkour involved with it. Okay, and it's like they have to go into this. It kind of reminds me of Stalker, although that may be the most ridiculous thing I've ever said. Is it a, it's, is, is this somehow related to Luke Besson or have we moved on? He wrote, he was a co-writer on this. Yes. He okay. not directed. I don't know. Just these, like these young, like the ghettos of Paris in 2010, which at that point was six years in the future. Undercover cop ex thug try to infiltrate a gang in order to defuse a neutron bomb. But you know, they're young and they're jumping around and it's, it's just kind of ridiculous. But there's another, there's like a sequel to it, I guess. District 13, Ultimatum. Just lots of jumping, lots of parkour and jumping, if I remember correctly. That can, it, it takes a special, you can go really wrong with that, but also if, if you manage to pull it off. I enjoyed it. You can really pull it off. Sure, it wasn't the best movie ever, but it's okay. It kind of, it knew its place, and there's something to be said for that. It can be a little ridiculous as long as it knows its place. Jackie Treehorn's party is a little ridiculous, but it knows its place. It's a party of smut and debauchery. It knows its place. It's self-aware enough that it can get away with it. What about his it red shirt? It definitely looks like a party I would have fun at. Oh, yeah. His red shirt. More, uh, more redness. He's got the whiteness, you know? His flowing white suit, but then that mm -hmm, red mm -hmm. shirt, it's being lying a little uh, hidden evil or a little hidden uh, 
mischief right. or malice like a hobgoblin. Yeah. Well, yeah, you mix that white and red. It's a really potent mixture. It is. David Lynch has used that same color combo a lot. The white stripes use it, too. It's yeah, that color combo why, uh, is very powerful. Yeah, that's why Leland's hair turned white, supposedly. Why is that? Because it would clash with the blood. Oh, nice. And we're about to see, the dude's about to go on another epic dream sequence adventure. And again, we've got this red shirt, and the Nihilists are going to show up in their skin-tight red outfits. So here's another impression, this this striking, you know, red and white are powerful, but then you add black into that too. And those are like supposed to be the three most impactful, like almost jarring colors when you're trying to brand something yeah. or advertise. And then the Nihilists show up and they're red on black. So it's swapping out the white for the black. He's gone from, uh, a, I guess, a position of somewhat innocence as far as the dude knows even though he's been working him over real bad. And then in the dream sequence, it is, uh, it's red on black. So it's become a little more nefarious and horrifying, especially with the scissors kind of cut his Johnson off. Hello, dude. Thanks for coming. I'm Jackie Treehorn. So do we got anything else? Um, besides just not being able to understand, Money, owing him money. I, I just don't... What, he lent her money? Did she steal money? I just don't... It doesn't matter. It's one of the plot It's one things. of these it's things just, where you try to understand the movie. So one thing I'll say, I'll, I'll completely come clean here, is this is the point. So, and I think I've alluded to this before. The longer we go into this movie the less times I've seen the scenes we've watched. Like, I've started watching this movie so many times. And I've only made it to the very end maybe half of those times. Right. So I've watched, and it seems like the round here is the point where I usually end up stopping. And not because I want to stop, but just because, you know, I just casually put it on and then I'm either fall asleep or something else comes up i have to stop right so i've seen you hadn't up planned until this point maybe on a two hour long commitment. times yeah exactly so i've so i've seen this up up to this point maybe a hundred times maybe past this point 35 times right yeah there's a lot of undiscovered country from here on out till the end yeah and so when we get into some of the nuances of the plot like i'm really not I yeah, it'll be interesting. I'm really interested in in diving into some of those questions as we go on. Yeah, it's probably just going to be you know it doesn't matter, I guess. Especially doesn't matter when you're on the poop deck. Next time on Gutter Balls, I deal in publishing. Entertainment, political advocacy. Uh, which one's log jamming? <laughs>